You may be used to hearing the goal horn of our theme song, but we are interrupting their normal podcast to bring you a emergency segment of the show. You're going to hear me and Mike Messina talk about the entire Tom Wilson situation, but right now, Mike, Tyler Moody, and I will discuss the firing of general manager Jeff Gorton and president John Davidson for the New York Rangers, along with last night's game. Good morning, boys. Thank you for waking up early and doing this because, wow, that one came out of nowhere yesterday. Um, Jeff Gorton, general manager, John Davidson, president of Hockey Ops, fired from the New York Rangers as a fast rebuild comes to a nearing close as they have playoff expectations for next year for sure. Um, There are speculations firing around that this is in conjunction with the statement that was sent out that this is why they were fired, but that has been not confirmed. James Dolan says that they were going to be fired regardless of the statement. I don't believe that at all, to be perfectly honest with you, Mike. Uh, curious your thoughts uh, when you first heard this shocking news. Yeah, when it first came out, I feel like there was no, there was nothing else to think other than the two, the two situations correlate with each other. The, the, the tweet came out last night. They were fired less than 24 hours later. I feel like going through the mind of the fans and even people within the organization, what else is there, is there for them to think, you know? Uh, three years ago, they put out that the letter saying we're rebuilding. And then less than three years later, they, they fire the two people who were at the center of the rebuild. And then Dolan says that the reason is because the rebuild's taken too long and they haven't performed. The Knicks have been bad for how many years now? <laughs> oh, 15, something like that. 20. Well, 20 years. Exactly. Like, the Rangers have come a long way in the in the first three years of the youngest team in the NHL, and they had a chance to make the playoffs this year. They had bad games down the stretch. They could have made the playoffs this year. And then for Dolan to just come out and fire J.D. and Gorton, it makes no sense. And I, and I saw something this morning that he primarily wanted to, wanted to fire Gorton, and J.D. stepped in, and he was like, well, if Gorton's going, I'm gone. This is speculation. I'm re- I'm reading it off Twitter, so I, so I don't know how true it is, but that that's some of the things I'm reading. So so I really don't know what what caused both people to be fired. I don't know if it was a Dolan thing, if they just had if they had a clash with him. Who knows? But I mean, to me, it, to me, it seems like the two situations correlate, and the and the reason they were fired is because they either didn't agree with the post that was put out, or they didn't agree with Dolan on a situation. But I I don't think it's because the rebuild's taking too long. I I just can't believe that. Yeah, you mentioned the Knicks. I don't know if either of you guys are Knicks fans. I'm certainly not, but I feel like we've been spoiled, Mike, as Rangers fans. We haven't had Dolan really meddling with the Rangers that much. He's been kind of preoccupied with the Knicks. And I tweeted about it yesterday. I said, Dolan can't have two successful franchises running at once. I was an A-plus team, my man. The Knicks were finally good. And he's like, all right, I got to start meddling with the Rangers then. Um, Yeah, I'm agreeing with you guys. I don't know. I think it hundred percent had something to do with the statement that came out. I mean, if it is, I think there probably is a little bit truth to the fact that Dolan was unhappy with the results, which, I mean, I, I don't know how you can like be a, an unbiased, you know, just watching the product on the ice this year and be disappointed. I mean, they've, they've exceeded expectations. If anything, in my view, we've talked about it. They'd be in the playoffs in pretty much every other division in the league besides the one that they're in. So 
it's, you know, not a great look for the team. I mean, if you're going to fire them solely based on results, you couldn't wait two and a half more days until the season's over. The final game's on Saturday. Exactly. So, yeah. I don't so, understand the timing of it. What, what caused it to happen right before the game last night? Like that, that's the most confusing part of the situation is I feel like something had to unfold so quickly that caused Dolan to make that move. What was it? Two hours before puck drop? Yeah, it was, it like was about three o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. So making sense. So let, let's just, let's rewind a little bit and, and just give, give the timeline that we can give Monday, Tom Wilson, ragdolls our time in Panarin Tuesday he's fined Tuesday morning we talk about that in about five minutes when you hear the other side of this podcast I'm holding out hope in that situation that Tom Wilson is still going to be suspended obviously he was not because he played last night on Tuesday afternoon excuse me the Rangers put out a statement in which they said they were quote extremely disappointed that Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrifying act of violence last night at Madison Square Garden. They went on to say that they view this as a dereliction of duty by NHL head of player safety, George Paros, and believe he is unfit to continue in his current role. Talk about bad looks for the National Hockey League, having one of your top teams uh, calling for the head of one of your top employees. Then, about 24 hours after that uh, statement, Larry Brooks and Elliot Freeman both break that Jeff Gordon and John Davidson have been fired. To me, there are three ways that this, that this could happen. And they all tie in to Tom Wilson and the lack of suspension and the statement. Option one is basically what James Dolan is saying. And what I believe is a complete lie, which is Gordon and Davidson are going to get fired. Anyways, my connection to that is they're already in the news just let's get it over with. Let's just let's be as far away from the news as possible once the season ends and just do it now. Seems a little weird, but it's the only thing I can really think of. Option two is Dolan wrote this statement and just sent it out. Gorton and Davidson said, we don't like this. They went in and Dolan fired them. That feels the most likely to me. The third option is Gorton and Davidson wrote the statement, gave it to Dolan. Dolan approved it. It got sent out. Dolan didn't like the backlash, fired Gordon Davidson for writing the report or for writing the statement. That feels possible as well. I'm going option two. Option two. I'm I'm going two as well. I don't know if you guys saw, but I saw a tweet. I forget who said it, that apparently Gordon Davidson didn't even know about the statement until it had already been like in the works and was about to be released. I I did not hear that. How that could be true. I mean, it would kind of make sense that if this then just came directly from Dolan and this is kind of an entire Dolan going rogue here, which that would not surprise me, but that was something that was extremely interesting to me. And it would, I, I think maybe we have a situation where, you know, Dolan was potentially wanting to fire Gorton and Davidson, but didn't really have a reasoning to. And now this is, this came and he was like, all right, I'm going to pull the trigger on it now. Yeah. I, I agree with that part where, um, I definitely believe that he might have wanted to fire both of them. That that's believable for sure. But still, I don't think it's there's a reason to fire him right now after the team that they put together the last three seasons. But another thing I saw on Twitter, not sure how true is is that um, Gorton and Davidson did not know the letter came out was coming out and then they were speaking to other GMs around the league saying that like didn't approve of it as well. So that could also be a potential reason 
with the clash between them and Dolan and why Dolan ended up fire them. But who knows if the truth's ever going to come out about it anyways. Uh, it is. I agree with what you said there, Mike. I don't know that we're ever going to know the truth. All I know is it was a fight night at the garden last night, a full line brawl off of the opening drop puck drop six fights in the first four minutes and 14 seconds. Tom Wilson ends up not coming back to the game after the first period. I believe that there is um, extracurriculars involved in that. I don't think that was his choice. And I don't think he had an upper body injury. I think the Capitals said, okay, enough of this. Let's play some hockey. Um, and you're going to hear it uh, in a minute, but I said that I was really, it's really upsetting and it really aggravates me when this kind of stuff happens. And especially yesterday, because you have TJ Oshie scoring a hat trick the day after his father passes away. Uh, his father was his hockey coach. He had Alzheimer's and passed away at the young age of 56. Um, and that should be the number one story coming out of the garden last night, but it's not. John Davidson, Jeff Gordon are fired. The Rangers lose to the Capitals last night in what is probably story number four or five coming out of that building. All right, so we're going to hit the theme song. Uh, appreciate you guys hopping on to talk about this. So Mike and I, this is from Tuesday. Uh, talk about Tom Wilson, Islander Sabres, and uh, some playoff stuff coming up. Uh, let's get it started. This is one-on-one's NHL podcast, where we take on the five hottest issues in hockey with three of our NHL beat reporters. It's time to go five on three. Wednesday, May 5th, 2021. That's when you're listening to this. We're recording this on Tuesday, the day after a news-making game at the Madison Square Garden. Mike Messina is here with me to break it down. I'm Chris Hennessy, and Mike, the news does not come from good play or from a controversial call even, but from a uh, – I don't even know how to define what happened to Tom Wilson – what happened to Pavel Buchnevich and Artemi Panarin at the hands of Tom Wilson uh, in the second period of last night's Ranger Capital game. But we are still await. We have a $5,000 fine, but potentially still awaiting more punishment for Tom Wilson about uh, 18 hours after. So how are you today? And uh, your thoughts on what happened last night for your, uh, the blue shirts. Yeah, I'm doing good, Chris. I'm a little pissed off though. Cause seeing the $5,000 fine, I understand that, it's the most he's allowed to be fine. And we all knew that fine was going to be coming, but to give that fine, post that everywhere, have the PR team send that out. And then no explanation from the NHL on why that's all he's gotten and why the Panarin situation wasn't discussed, why that hasn't been put out on social media by their PR team, man, that is a disgusting play by, by Tom Wilson. And it's, Time and time again that, that we have to say this. We said it earlier in the season on, on an episode of Five on Three as well. He's the, he's one of the dirtiest players to ever play the game of hockey. And, and it's there's nothing you can say about his game that that really resonates with you that, that makes that a good play to do. Panarin has his helmet off. He gets slammed onto the middle of the ice. Could have cracked his head, could have broke his neck, could have died. He could have really, killed really. Artemi Panarin. Let's, let's not sugarcoat this. He could have killed Artemi Panarin. He could have died. And the league pretty much put in that behind him, out of the picture, not even mentioning Artemi Panarin's name in that first tweet that was sent out. It, it, it just makes no sense. They want to grow the game. They want more fans. Yeah, sure, this is, I guess, getting people to talk about it with Tom Wilson. 
but this is not the type of growing the sport you want to do. There, there needs to be some sort of disciplinary action, disciplinary action. Wow. I can't say that word for Tom Wilson. There has to be a longer than a four game suspension. Clearly the guy's not going to learn. Clearly it's doing nothing for him. These suspensions, $5,000 is absolutely nothing in his pocket with this salary. So they're, they're, it, man, it just makes no sense on how that is the only thing he gets is a $5,000 fine for Ruffin on Pavel Buchnevich. And he's face down on the ice, getting punched in the back of the head, getting his stick jammed into his neck. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I think it's, it's an upsetting day for us because we, even though you and Tyler and Jackson and Jack and all of them are Ranger fans, I am with you in the fact of being a hockey fan. And I, I love this game a lot more than, you know, than a team. So to see the, the negative publicity again, right? We dealt with this with the ice at Lake Tahoe. We dealt with this with Tim Peel in that situation last month. And now this again. There's a video of what Tom Wilson did last night that has 1 million views on Twitter. The slow-mo one? 1 million views. Yep. Uh, Connor McDavid scored an unreal goal again last night, a three-point game. We're going to talk about him a little bit later. I don't believe, and I looked for a little bit, but not for too long, that there's a goal he scored this season that has a million views. But this has a million views. NHL player safety tweet is getting ratioed on Twitter. When In reality, when they tweet out something, it doesn't usually get that much pub. Right. They tweeted out that Barzell got fined two thousand dollars for embellishment like two weeks ago and it got like some pub on Islanders Twitter. I was like, Oh, this is kind of ridiculous, but who really cares? It's not my money. It's not my money. He's getting paid seven million dollars, so who really cares? Doesn't matter. This is getting ratio. Then you have the tweet from the Capitals official account, which I'm sure if if you haven't seen that and you're listening to us, I'm sure you can go find that on Twitter pretty easily. That was preposterous as well which was deleted minutes later. A minutes and like, I think it was up for less than 20 minutes and it still is mega viral. It's just upsetting because the NHL, right? The NHL was in some ways kind of praised for the Tim Peel situation, even though they took the easy way out, which was suspending him till the end of his career. They took, they, they were praised because the morning after before 10 AM hit, he was gone. It's two 10 PM on Tuesday and he's fined $5,000, and we still don't know if he's going to get punished separately. The reason I'm holding out hope that he's going to get suspended is that the tweet only says Pavel Buchnevich, and it doesn't say Artemi Panarin. And he almost killed Artemi Panarin. Let's not, let's not sugarcoat it. Um, he was given a 10-minute misconduct in the game, and it was in the second period, which means he comes back for the third period and ends up scoring an empty net goal. I understand that there are Ranger fans that are upset that nobody took a run at him or fought him when he came back. I understand that. Um, but at the end of the day, I think this is more, more than that, where it's just at this point, it's just ridiculous that this guy is allowed to, to keep playing because, you know, <clears throat> for, for what he did, I believe I read that it was 0.009% of his annual salary was the fine. And yes, it's the maximum allowable under the CBA. Maybe that's something we have to change too. I don't know. But all I do know is it's just, it's just upsetting because 
I this gives us as hockey fans such a bad look. And there was a there were four or five great games last night. Toronto Montreal was a great game. Edmonton Vancouver was a really good game with Conrad David in it. Uh, the Sabers with the ECHL goalie that should be the number one story today. Nobody even knows what his name is. This is the number one story because a guy acted like an insane, like a literal insane person on the ice, and almost killed the dude. Artemi Panarin's now out for now out for the season with a lower body injury. You have to think that's precautionary, and then there if in the playoffs he would play. Um, I, it's unknown if that's related. Tomorrow night the Rangers and the Capitals are supposed to play again. That's in about 30 hours. Tom Wilson at this point will be in that game. I don't know if I'm David Quinn, if I, what kind of roster I put out there if Tom Wilson is playing the game. Well, I'm seeing that, that they're thinking about doing obviously a lot of call-up scenarios. And one of the guys, what one of the um, Hartford's biggest fighter, they're looking to call him up. So I don't know. I, I'll be at that game for WFUV, which I'm super stoked about. Um, I, I I want to see, I want to see some, I'm going to say retaliation, but like, obviously I don't want to see people get hurt. I want to see some, I want to see some physicality within the game. You know, I like that, that, that's what there needs to be. And that, and that's what the fans deserve to get back. And that's what Panarin and Buchnevich deserve to get back as well. I mean, Panarin's out for the rest of the season. Truba's out for the rest of the season. Lingren's out for the rest of the season. Not all due to yesterday's game, but they're in reality, they're playing for nothing right now. Yes. So, Go out and have your superstars back. Artemi Panarin is a superstar in this league. He gets fans of all teams going. He's a huge presence in the league. Man, someone's got to come out tomorrow and stick up for him. It's, it, it has to happen. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and I do expect that, that if Tom Wilson plays, which as of right now, again, he will. Um, yeah, that there's going to be some blood uh, there on Wednesday night. Man, it's just it just sucks because I I do believe, and we talked about it with the ESPN deal, you and I, Tyler and I talked about it last week with the Turner deal. I believe in this sport. I don't necessarily believe in the people who are running the sport. I don't necessarily believe up until next year in the people who are broadcasting the sport. But I believe in the quality of the game that we put forth as hockey fans and, and the stars that we have in this league currently, and that includes our Tony Panarin. In this city alone, we have three guys who can break a game open, who can who, who can show young players in Matt Barzell, our Tony Panarin, and Jack Hughes, show young kids that like this is this is the greatest sport in the world. And I, I do believe that at my core that this is the greatest sport in the world. And when you see crap like this from a guy who doesn't belong in the league and from a team's social media account, from media who covers the Washington Capitals, from play-by-play and color broadcasters who cover the Washington Capitals, who just acted like this was a normal thing. That's what really pisses me off because I think that we, we are, I know we are, and I think we can be a lot better than this as a community. I think you look at, the NFL, right? And the strides they've taken in terms of player safety. No, it's not perfect. But Vontez Perfect was basically exiled from the league after his in on Antonio Brown. It's a little bit different than this one because it was in it was in the field of play. 
and and he kind of went out of his way to do I don't it's a little bit different than this one he was a repeat offender as well too but he was essentially exiled from the league he did end up back in, in Oakland for a little bit but then never really got it together after that Tom Wilson is going to play tomorrow night in Madison Square Garden he's going to play in the playoffs for the Washington Capitals his name is already on the Stanley Cup one time and it might be a second time by the end of the month of June that to me is upsetting um it's just it's it's days like this where I I remember why it is the fifth or sixth most popular sport in this country and I'm seeing a lot of I don't want to call it hate but backlash that's not really going towards Tom Wilson more of Panarin deserved it because they're saying Wilson was on his knees facing the other way and Panarin came and jumped on his back and I'm seeing all these different angles of previous to that Buchnevich face down apparently trying to kick one of the Capitals players and that's why Wilson came over and started punching him in the back of the head and that is just preposterous to even say yeah why is the guy is face down on the ice trying to get up and his skate comes up a little bit and it looks like he's trying to kick him the guy is trying to get off the ice he's getting pummeled he's getting absolutely pummeled on the ground by Tom Wilson and and they're trying to frame it as oh he was trying to kick one of the Capitals players and Tom Wilson is just being the enforcer and having his players back get out of here man the guy is a repeat offender season after season after season I, I i don't know this off the top of my head but i would like to know how many times he's been fined he's the, just suspended five times the the amount of money he's actually lost through all these suspensions because is this the first time that he's been not i, I don't think it is i will the first time he's been suspended the max amount he's been fined no i mean he gets fined every time he's he suspended so i mean he's been fined many times I'm saying he's the fine every time he's got suspended and he loses money every time he gets suspended, including the seven games this season. But like right now he's susp- he, he's fined $5,000. If you're getting fined the max amount, there should be at least a suspension to come with that. Like, like where, what is the player safety department doing that they don't see unless you, unless like you said that they're still viewing the Panarin situation and he's going to get a suspension for that. But how do you, how do you even let it be this late in the day with no suspension handed out at all, you have an injured player in Panarin who who is out for the season. Could be related, could not be, but I mean, sure seems like it is. You know, I mean, I I just don't understand what what goes through the NHL's head while while reviewing a case like this and not really disciplining Tom Wilson just like they they always should do. Yep. So that's uh that's what happened at the Garden last night in terms of news making. What actually happened. The Capitals won six to three on the power of three third period goals, including one by Tom Wilson into the empty net. Um, that eliminated the Rangers officially from the playoffs, although in practice they were eliminated when they lost three consecutive games to the Islanders. A tough end of the season for New York. Uh, I mean, we're going to do more of a postmortem next week, I think, but you know. They came into that first Islanders game having to win it after winning four straight games against New Jersey, and they were embarrassed, and then they never responded after that um, in the two games after the Islanders were embarrassed against Washington, to be perfectly honest. The Rangers had them in a vulnerable situation, and then they couldn't score against against Varlamov in two straight games. So Outscored 13-1 to in those games. Yeah, 13-1 to against the Islanders in, in the span of about 10 days, so. Definitely a tough week for the Rangers, and I think the key to this team 
beating the Rangers is shutting down Artemi Panarin. That's, you know, pretty obvious, obvious and easier said than done. He has been held without a shot five times this year, four of them against the Islanders, three of them in these last three games against the Islanders. He was invisible for eight of the nine periods that they played. Um, this is what's going to make the Islanders a dangerous team in the playoffs when they do get there. They clinched with that win against the Rangers. And um, overall, it was a really, really productive weekend series for the Islanders or week-long series against for the Islanders after getting pummeled by Washington uh, last week. Yeah, and like you said, despicable performance by the Rangers. They they could not bounce could not bounce back from that first six one loss, and that that was pretty much like the turning not I'm not going to say the turning point of the season, but like that was like a must win game or you're not going to make the playoffs. They go and lose next game. They go and lose onto Flyers. Then they beat the Flyers, beat Buffalo, beat Buffalo again, and then four nothing to the Islanders. I mean loss to the Capitals last night after coming back with two nice goals, a nice goal by Kako. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I don't know, man. Good, good, good job by the Islanders. I, I, I said, I think last episode of the episode before that I thought they were going to come up with the one seed. I really thought, I really thought they were, they were tied, they were tied in first place. I thought it was possible and they, they dropped down to four somehow. Yeah, they're only two games out of the first spot right now. It feels unlikely that they're going to get the first spot. It is still possible that they grab home ice in the first round. Um, but I, I think when you look at the Rangers and the Islanders, the Rangers play the type of game that Barry Trotz wants the other team to play. They, they, they like to pass it rink wide, east to west. When they get into the offensive zone, they try to use your speed, their speed to, to kill you off the rush. Farlamov's really good off of the rush. Um, and they, they play, you know, the Islanders kind of have the antidote to how the Rangers play. And that's been true all year long. They went uh, six and two against the Rangers. Um, and that last game, that last win three, nothing last ever Ranger Islander game at the Coliseum ends with uh, the Islanders clinching a playoff spot, which was very nice. But last night was not very nice. Monday nights, four to two. I already forgot what the score was. I've already just ran out of my mind. Four to two loss against Buffalo. They blew a two, one lead only the second time this year. They were ahead after two periods and lost in regulation. And this one comes to the Buffalo Sabres and to a goalie by the name of Michael Hauser, who was 28 years old and an ECHL veteran who after four injuries and a trade was the Sabres sixth option in goal. And he comes up with, he was really good, honestly, 34 saves. Um, he, he was really solid. It didn't look like a, a enough, nobody in there. And um, makes tonight's game very important. The Islanders have to beat Buffalo tonight, go 7-1 against Buffalo, get those two points. Pittsburgh lost last night and gave the Islanders an opportunity to be within a game of of the number one spot, but they are now two games within the number one spot. So important one tonight in Buffalo for the Islanders, but um, – yeah, I think I think the promising stuff from the Rangers series, but every other game for the last two weeks has been really concerning. Chris, let me ask you this. Out of the way that the top four teams in the East have played over the last seven days, who, who, who as an Islanders fan, do you want to see them go up against in the first round? If, you're t- if the playoffs started tomorrow, who do you want well, to go up against? Well... The reality of it is all the other three teams are saying the Islanders. Mm-hmm. So I guess Boston, because they played well against Boston, they're five and two. Those two games are recent, those two losses. 
I mean, it's not Pittsburgh. They went two, four, and two. It's not Washington. They just got shut out in three straight wins uh, for Washington. One nothing, six three, one nothing. So I, I think it's Boston just by the process of elimination. But the reality of it is, every other team is saying, "Well, let's win the division so we can play the Islanders in the first round," yeah. which was not something that anybody was saying at the beginning of April. So the last few weeks have been a concern, and at this point, that they're in. So. I I really don't know what I want them to do for the next couple of games. Obviously, I want to beat Buffalo and New Jersey because it's kind of embarrassing to lose Buffalo and New Jersey. But, you know, Pajot set out last night's game. It doesn't sound like he's injured. It just sounds like he's shaken up from the Madison Bowie hit. Not Madison's Bowie. I'm sorry. The, the hit in the Ranger game. I can't remember that kid's name now. Um, from the hit in the Ranger game. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I would like to see Sorokin play a little bit now just to get Varlamov a rest. Maybe we see Pelic and Pulak and Barzell take a seat. Just, just, just give these guys a blow because at this point, the number one seat isn't really in, in reach. And I don't really care. You know, if they get to the crossover games, I don't care where number one is or the game one is because if they're playing Toronto, I'm confident they can beat Toronto. If they're playing Colorado, I'm not necessarily confident they can beat Colorado. And that, that goes regardless of where the games are. Um, I think that they match. I don't know how well they match up with these other teams because we really haven't seen it, but we'll have to see. I <laughs> I would say Boston, but I think that getting these guys healthy is going to be much more important than getting higher in the standings to try to try to finagle a matchup with Boston. A hundred percent. I mean, I feel I feel like there's no like you said. There's no other option besides Boston. Five and two on the on the season. They kind of dominate them in the first five games of the season. I mean, they they absolutely dominated mm-hmm. them. Um, so so I. I I see no other option for that, but you're hundred percent right. Um, getting rest and getting all the guys healthy is that should be the number one priority for the team. And with the goaltending situation, I mean, you, you want, you want both guys getting work. I mean, I mean, who is Varlamov going to be starting for you guys game, game yeah. one of playoffs or is it going to yeah. be Sorokin? But uh, I don't want, I, I don't want Varley sitting out the next four games with no work getting done. You know what I mean? I, I, I think he still needs that work to be done just to stay fresh, stay crisp in, in what he does. So, so I, I think maybe splitting the games two, two would be good three, one. I don't know, but I think both should definitely get another game or, or a couple games in before. The yeah. Season. I think, I think that Varlamov will get the game one start, but I think they have to utilize both goalies because we've seen the last two years what a tired goalie will get you. Although Vasilevsky won, won the Stanley Cup single-handedly. Um, he's, he's on another level. Of he's, he's on a different planet, so maybe we shouldn't use him as an example. But I think with the Islanders, you saw, you know, Varlamov get pulled for games at, after game six against Philly and Grice go in there and win that game. You saw Leonard kind of lose it a little bit against Carolina two years ago. So I think they have to use both of them there. Um, the Devils stink. That's our Devils segment for today. They lost to Boston. They are really, really terrible. They won two games against Philadelphia, actually. I should get them credit. They beat Philadelphia twice, which we said would be a nice nice way to end the season by doing that, and they did do that. So we should give them credit there, but they are awful. Um, okay. <clears throat> uh, we're just. I'm just going to do this little thing, then we're going to get into Connor McDavid, and then we're going to wrap it up quickly. So the East is locked up. Seating, we don't know, but the four teams are there. It's Washington, Pittsburgh, Boston, and the Islanders in that order right now, as we mentioned unsure of the seating the north not official but we are i mean right on the precipice of it being official i think one more point from winnipeg and montreal 
will clinch them better records than Calgary. Um, Toronto and Edmonton locked up their spot last night, Toronto, a couple nights ago. Um, I think that Edmonton Winnipeg would be the best, one of the best first round matchups we can get. Um, it would be a lot of fun. I think Edmonton would absolutely dismantle Montreal, but I think Winnipeg would give them a nice run. So that'd be a really fun matchup if we can get it. Toronto Montreal was a great game last night. So that I'm really excited for. Um, but Connor McDavid has been on an absolute another level the last couple of weeks. He had another multi-point night last night, I believe. And uh, they beat as they beat the Canucks five to three Canucks have really struggled. They came out hot after the COVID pause, but they've really struggled of late. And so as the North division kind of comes to fruition here, what are you, I'm hoping for Toronto, Montreal, Winnipeg, Edmonton. I think that would be great. And I'm hoping for Toronto not to be the crossover team that are the, the team that comes out of it. That's what I'm hoping for. I wonder what you're hoping for over the next, this one's going to be another two weeks um, for the North division. Well, yeah, I, I definitely want it to be those two matchups, but man, I want to see how far Connor McDavid can go into the Stanley cup playoffs. That, that is Rangers are out. That's what's most important to me, man. The guy, the guy is a cheat code. He's a legitimate cheat code. It's unreal. I'm watching some of his highlights on Twitter and YouTube. What he does with the puck, it, it is insane that he can just go from his own net, pass it against the boards, go in and out of three or four guys and just have an open shot and score like he didn't even break his sweat or try. It, it is just crazy what Connor McDavid can do. And, and I would love for him to take the Oilers out of the Nora and, and be that one team in the crossover team to play. I, I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't think uh, – I'm not going to say I don't think it's happened. It's possible. Anything can happen in, in a series. But that's what I'm hoping for, man. I want to see how far Connor McDavid can take this Oilers team because there's no one who deserves a cup more than Connor McDavid just because of who he is on the ice and clearly the best player in the national hockey league for years now. Yeah, I agree. Point uh, assists number 59 and 60 goals, number 30 and 31. That's points number 88, 89, 90 and 91. He's um, going to get there. I think he's going to get there. I think he's going to get to hundred. Uh, so 91 points in 50 games. That is good enough for a 1.82 uh, points per game. If you multiply that by 82, it's a shade. It's just over 149, 149 and a quarter. That's bananas. That that's that's insane. So I would. I'm definitely hoping for the 100 point season. Definitely hoping that they make it uh, to the semifinals. I think that is something that we should definitely look forward to. Uh, in the West, again, we are, you know, just uh, St. Louis. Just kind of, you know ties up some odds and ends here to clinch that final playoff spot. I'm hoping for Vegas, Colorado in the second round. That's pretty much it. Whichever team comes out of there, I think has a good chance to win the cup. And as fun as Minnesota has been this season, and they have been an absolute blast. I am hoping for Colorado Vegas in the second round. And, and I feel like that's going to be kind of inevitable because both of those teams are far beyond better than both Minnesota and St. Louis. And dude, I love the atmosphere when the golden Knights are on the ice. That it, it is like, I don't know if it's because it's Vegas or, or if it's just still getting used to a new team, but man, the atmosphere at that arena is absolutely insane. And I, I, I've never been to a game there, but if I have to pick one, one place to one, get one team to go watch play at their home arena, I want it to be the Vegas Golden Knights because 
The atmosphere there is crazy. The fans get into every single play, every single shift, and they're a phenomenal, phenomenal team. They've been a great team since the expansion draft, and there's really no stopping them, and their ceiling is as high as it could ever be. But, man, I don't know. Uh, McKinnon and Landeskog can really put together goals, assists, and really do whatever they want on the ice without anyone stopping them. So that's going to be a great series, a great four-team playoff card. But I, I think it's going to be both of those teams coming out. And, and my guess it's going to be Vegas coming out as that one team. Yeah, Minnesota beat Vegas last night by a score of 6-5. to five. So Vegas at 74 points in 51 games. Colorado 72 points in 50 games. And Minnesota 70 points in 51 games. So they're right there on top of each other. So we'll see how it plays out. But it certainly looks like Colorado-Vegas in the second round, which would be amazing. We were robbed of that last year too, Dallas beat Colorado in um, game seven in overtime. So we were rather down to the Western Conference Finals. Of course, Dallas went to the Stanley Cup, so it's not like they didn't belong there. But that would have been nice to have. So maybe we'll get some redemption for that this year. Last one's the Central. Carolina, Florida, Tampa, they've all locked up spots. Looks like Carolina's going to win it. Two games at hand and two points above Florida. Um, just something I wanted to mention with Florida, Spencer Knight, who we've spoken about on this podcast, who's 20 years old. In 14 days, the youngest goalie to ever start a career 4-0. Uh, he's done that for Florida in the absence of Chris Dreger, Um, And he's just been fantastic, as, as we kind of knew he would be after the World Juniors. Then it takes a nice drop-off from Tampa to Nashville. Nashville's four points ahead of Dallas. Dallas has the game in hand. I'm hoping for Carolina-Dallas in the first round. They played an amazing hockey game a couple weeks ago we talked about on the podcast with Tyler. I think that that would be a great first round series. That's what I'm hoping for is Carolina, Dallas, Florida, Tampa in the first round. Um, and I think that Dallas can make a little bit of noise in this division where, you know, the team that comes out of this division is going to be battle tested, no matter, who, no matter who it is or how they got there. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's going to be Carolina, Nashville. I think that's how it's going to end up, but I don't know if I, I, I have to look at the star schedule. I'm not sure what it is, but. Are they, is, is it possible to gain those four points back in this? What are they have six games left? Dallas stars have they play. four games left, two against Tampa, two against Chicago. Okay. Well, the Chicago games should, should be wins. Be wins for them, obviously. Um, Nashville has three games. Nashville has three games left. Wednesday against Columbus, Saturday against Carolina, Monday against Carolina. So if Carolina beats Nashville, which they're going to have to for first place theoretically in both of those games, Dallas takes care of Chicago in both of those games. Then you're looking at something that might, that might do it. Yeah. You're a hundred, hundred percent. Right. Um, I think, I think it's still going to end up being Carolina Nashville, man, but both teams are very good. Carolina's going to win that series easily, but I think lightning are going to be the ones who come out of the central man. I, I the, just every, everything about how Tampa plays, their attitude, their grind that they put towards playing every day. I, I, I think they're going to be able to beat Florida and, and then beat the winner of Hurricanes and Predators or Hurricanes and whoever they play. And, and I think they're going to be able to do that and, and come out of the Central and then have those four teams there to battle each other. And I'm going to love they're it. Also, they're also going to add Nikita Kucherov to their roster. Exactly. So that's going to Which is a, yeah, clearly a huge help and something they're looking forward to. Without a doubt. Uh, we mentioned Connor McDavid on his way to 100 points. We mentioned Spencer Knight. The other one was Cole Caulfield. Uh, Cole Caulfield, a member of the USA World Junior gold medal team. 
two goals, both overtime winners, including last night against Toronto for Montreal. He's been a really nice addition for the team. And, and if he's able to score some goals down the stretch, yeah, John Bechigras put it out on Twitter, he's never going to see the AHL again. I would agree with that because um, this dude's a stud and sick goal last night too. And I think if he's able to score some goals, he adds an element to Montreal that I'm not sure that they had. You know, Tyler Toffoli got off to a great start of the se- start of the season. He's tempered off a little bit. I think Caulfield adds another element to this team that that makes them dangerous in the first round against Toronto, as you saw it last night. Yeah, man, he's he's a fast young player who brings so much energy to the team and the bench when he's on it. So you're right, he a huge addition to the team. And like like Booch like Booch said, I don't think he's ever going to be be seeing the AHL again. How, how could you? His two first goals are beyond memorable. Um, two game winners that that's kind of unheard of if you ask me and just what he brings to the team is insurmountable and and something that they really can't afford to get rid of at this time or even next season but the the kid plays with so much heart man and I'd, I'd love to see kids play the game like that 20 years old 21 22 just just young kids loving the sport so much and putting everything they have their blood sweat and tears into the game and results showing like this like the two amazing moments for this kid and I, I like something all hockey fans love to see, and I'm sure he's going to be a great addition going forward. And I'm sure Montreal is expecting him to be a huge addition going forward. Yes, they certainly are. It's going to be an interesting last couple of weeks of the season. Um, the Rangers and the Devils are out. The Islanders are in in the East as we just jockey for positioning uh, over the last couple of days. Michael will be at the Garden tomorrow. I will be making my triumphant return to the Nassau Coliseum on Thursday. It's going to be interesting. I haven't been since March 7th, so that will be exciting. So keep an eye out for those coverages. And um, it's going to be a fun last week. We'll have – we'll come back next week with Rangers, Devils, postmortem, Islanders, playoff preview, whatever other playoff previews we can give you. Um, as we still don't really know when the playoffs are going to start yet. Sounds like maybe Monday, May 17th, but who really knows? So we'll be back next week with whatever we can give you. For Mike Messina and our producer, Tyler Mooney, I'm Chris Hennessy. We'll see you then.